Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I take a breath and stand up from the chair, stretching my legs. My back feels like it's been crushed between two boulders, and sitting for any length of time always turns it into a pincushion. Still, I couldn't be happier. Everything all right? She asks. Peachy. I pick up the clipboard and clear my throat. What happens after the animals flee the tree line? She opens her mouth to speak, but stops. Her eyes glance down to my open briefcase staring at the manila folders and the crinkled old water bottle filled with grimy black fluid. Why do you have that? She says, wrinkling her nose. Its label is yellow. It looks like it's 20 years old. What's that gunk inside? I scowl, kicking my briefcase closed. An experiment. It's nothing to concern yourself with. Now then, if you wouldn't mind continuing, I'd like to hear what happened following the exodus. There's a moment of shared disdain between us. She feels like I'm hiding something from her, and I feel like she's putting her nose in places it doesn't belong. Thankfully, it doesn't last long, and she continues her account. Rachel calls my name from the main area. Then she limps into the bedroom, leaning against the doorway. She looks really shaken up. She asks if I saw all the animals taking off, and I tell her I did. Her eyes are getting wide, and I can tell she's throwing herself into another panic attack. So I... I tell her that they're probably just running from the storm. Do you believe it? I don't know, maybe? It seemed like the only logical reason, but at the same time, the whole scene felt so eerie, so wrong. She opens her water bottle and takes a drink. Either way, it's not like I'm gonna start feeding into Rachel's paranoia. One of us has to be calm, right? I shrug. Sure. You said the sun was setting when the animals made a run for it. Is it dark yet? She nods. Mostly. I mean, the last rays of sunlight are just barely peeking over the treetops. The storm's making it worse. The clouds are blocking a lot of the light. I have to move on with finishing setting up the tent. And we set up this LED lantern that Rachel brought. It feels weird. In what way? The silence. She pauses, shakes her head, and then mutters something. Sorry, that's the wrong word. It isn't silent. The wind is howling and the rain's coming down pretty hard. But there's no sound of life. No crows cawing. No squirrels chattering. I don't even see any bugs in the cabin, despite a whole shitload of spider webs. I brush it off, though. I keep telling myself one of us has to be calm. So we close the bedroom door and settle ourselves into the tent. Neither of us have much of an appetite, so we eat a couple of protein bars for supper and pull out our books. We don't talk. I don't even know if we actually read. I know I don't. 
I stare at the words, but my mind's a million miles away, too wrapped up in the feeling that something is wrong with this place. Something's wrong with this scenario, she sighs, running a hand through her blonde hair. Chalk it up to the darkness. Things always seem scarier in the dark, you know? I nod. The dark has always had a powerful effect on human beings. It makes it more difficult for us to see our enemies. And in my line of work, easier for them to see you. It's a lose-lose environment. Unfortunately, it's often a necessary one. You don't talk at all? I ask, sitting back down in my chair. Not at first. After 10, maybe 20 minutes, Rachel breaks the silence. She asks if we should use my rescue beacon, since it's getting pretty bad outside. I know that's not why she wants to use it, though. Not the real reason. I remind her that we can weather the storm in here and call for help in the morning once the storm clears. Amanda screws up her face like she's holding back a wave of emotions. I manipulate her. I remind her my dad was killed during a botched search and rescue job, all because some teenagers couldn't exercise a little common sense. I study her. Perhaps she's more cunning than I thought. Naive, though. Still so naive. Rachel lets up. She agrees we can call in the morning. I can tell she's scared, and honestly, so am I. And I know that we're both thinking, so I blurt out that there's no such thing as monsters. I tell her we're fucking adults, and we'll deal with this. Amanda chuckles. It's a small thing, full of disbelief and regret. I promise her we'll laugh about it in the morning. The woman's not bad with the story. I idly wonder how popular her blog is. Unlike the gum in my mouth, her words have flavor. I dig in my jacket pocket and pull out my pack, popping a fresh piece free. It's not a cigarette, but it's the next best thing. Famous last words, I say with a grim smile. What's Rachel think of your pep talk? She, she's fine with it at first. I think she might even be on board. She doesn't want to spend the night terrified any more than I do. So anything that makes that fear a little smaller is a welcome distraction. Amanda swallows, and her expression goes blank. It seems like everything's going to be just fine. Like it's just another overnight hike. At least, until we hear the footsteps outside. Here we go. There's a creaking sound, like old wood straining under something's weight. It's hard to hear over the roaring wind. But given our mental states, it's practically unmissable. Something's outside. The footsteps are slow, gradual. Whatever's out there is taking its time, and both of us are frozen in fear. Rachel grabs the lamp and turns it off, and I suddenly realize just how dark it really is. It's pitch black. I can barely see Rachel, and she's sitting close enough that we're touching. It's just us, the storm, and the sound of footsteps now. I whisper to her that it's probably a deer, or maybe a mountain lion, or just some kind of animal looking for shelter from the storm. Amanda's eyes are glazed her hands picking at the fabric of her jeans. She's lost in the memory. I don't believe in myself. Something inside of me is rioting and telling me that we're not safe. We haven't been safe since the moment we walked into that cabin, and we won't be safe until we're far away. Still, I take a breath. I repeat that stupid internal mantra that one of us needs to be an adult. One of us needs to be rational. So we wait. I whisper to her that all the doors are closed. No animals are going to get inside. We're safe. We're safe. I keep repeating it. Like if I say it enough, I'll start believing it too. I do my best to reassure her and stave off another panic attack. Amanda uncaps her water bottle and takes a quick swig, 
Her hands grip it, squeezing, and the plastic crinkles. It works, maybe. I can't see her, but I can't hear her either. She's not screaming. It's good. She swallows. Then I realize things are bad. Really bad. Why? We hear the sharp whining sound, like rusty hinges, and we recognize it. It's the front door of the cabin. Something opened it. The next second, the sharp whining is followed by dull thuds, like heavy footsteps. The floorboards groan, and we hear it, whatever it is, moving through the kitchen and into the main area. I remind myself to keep writing, but it's hard. This is the moment I've been waiting for. The moment when I can finally determine whether or not she's actually encountered the monster I've been chasing my entire life. I'm clutching my can of bear mace to my chest, and Rachel's whimpering beside me. I'm hissing at her to be quiet, to shut the fuck up, because I know that if whatever's out there hears us, it's going to come in here. She listens. Neither of us move. We just listen for the footsteps. Thunder's crashing outside, and the weather's screaming through the busted window. But somehow, in spite of it all, those footsteps are clear as day. I couldn't tune them out if I'd tried. Her fingers find the armrests of her chair, and she grips them. They scratch against the tattered wood. I pull the safety tab on my bear mace, ready to blast something if that's what it takes. Rachel grabs my arm, and I feel her hand trembling. Her whole body is. Something smells like piss, and I realize it's her. She's losing it. The footsteps get closer. They're halfway through the living area now, and they're approaching the bedroom door. Whatever's out there is close enough that we can hear this snickering sound, like really fast, short breaths. Nah, nah, nah. It doesn't sound human, but it doesn't sound like any animal I've heard either. It sounds like a nightmare. I circle a box on my clipboard, identifying the sound is correct. According to more recent eyewitness encounters, the callous man snickers before engaging with his prey, an evolution of his mythology. In my memories, I recall only the screaming. Amanda keeps talking. Rachel's squeezing my arm so hard that it hurts. Her nails are digging into me, and I can feel her warm piss on the bottom of the tent. It's soaking through my jeans, but I don't care. I don't do a damn thing. I can't. Because as soon as I make a sound or a move, those footsteps are going to get faster, and something's going to open the bedroom door. And then I don't know what happens. She stops talking. Tears are forming in the corners of her eyes, and she grips her sweater sleeve and dabs at them. Rachel. Rachel can't take it anymore. She reaches across me, hissing at me to give her the rescue beacon. She's begging me to activate it, and I'm trying to get my hand over her mouth and shut her up, but she's desperate and she's fighting me. The footsteps pick up their pace. They're walking toward us. These heavy thumps on the creaking floor. I whisper to Rachel if we send the distress call. The beacon's going to start beeping. Tears slip down her cheeks and Amanda stares, transfixed at the concrete floor. There's something swimming in her eyes, and I think it's self-loathing, but I can't be sure. All I know is it's familiar. Continue, I say. Rachel gets hold of it. She hammers at its buttons, and it works. It starts beeping. The signal's sent. Amanda's voice trembles. Her lips quiver with the onset of her next words. The bedroom door opens. It's this long, drawn-out screech, and both of us freeze. It's just the rusty hinges and the beacon beeping. I want to scream. I want to run. I think we both do, but we're too afraid. We're paralyzed. She swallows. I get my finger ready on the trigger of the bear mace. I don't want to use it inside. It'll probably fuck us up just as bad as whatever's standing in the doorway. But I'm ready to if I have to. Moments pass, and all we hear is the beacon beeping and the rain and thunder outside. Then, 
There's that snickering again, fast and raspy. It's followed by footsteps. And now that it's in the room with us, it sounds big. The tent shakes, the whole room shakes. It's dark enough that we can't see so much as a shadow through the canvas of the tent. But soon we don't need to. The footsteps start circling us, and then a finger presses to the wall of the tent and begins tracing around it. Whatever it is, it starts sniffing, softly at first, then louder, and with more intensity. I realize it isn't a man. It's some kind of animal. It sounds beast-like, feral, and hungry. Amanda closes her eyes, putting her head in her hands. She takes a moment and groans. When she looks up again, her eyes are hollow. Rachel can't stand it. She screams. She screams to leave us alone. She screams we have a gun. She turns on the lantern and tells it to fuck off, go to hell, die in a fire, you name it. I'm going to assume that didn't go over well. She rubs her arm anxiously. I don't know. It seemed like it went just fine. The thing left. Excuse me? I say, lowering my clipboard onto my lap. It left? That's it? My hand grips my pen hard enough that my knuckles turn white. That can't be. She didn't even get a look at the thing. It left the room, Amanda says in a quiet voice. It walked into the living area, but then it stopped. It didn't leave the cabin. Her voice trembles. It waited. It waited until it didn't. And then the real horror began. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This story was written by user you slash bornbeach on Reddit. He is a very talented horror writer. To check out more of his work, go to his subreddit at r slash tales from the cryptid. The link to his subreddit is in the episode description. Thanks for listening. If you're tuning in on Apple Podcast, please take a second and leave a rating. Also, don't forget to check out my animated horror stories on YouTube. Just search Dr. No Sleep in the search bar to find my channel.